do you remember your earliest memory on a bike? I do. And it's not a good one. It's a funny <laughs> one. Um, the sheep ran away and I was hauling butt on my sister's banana bike seat. And it's probably like my, I don't know, very early time biking, yeah. you know. And I didn't know how to bunny hop. So I was going down this hill uh, with a slight you know, descend and I see the snake crawling across. And I'm like, move out of the way. And, it, and I'm like, obviously a snake that has no clue what I'm saying. I hit the brakes and I slid for like ever. Yeah. And I may or may not have taken off its head. <laughs> you gave it warning. You yeah. gave it fair warning. Uh, yeah. So, but it's like, man, and like, so after the funny thing is after that, I practiced bunny hopping. Yes, sir. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, that, uh, that was my earliest memory on my sister's uh, banana seat bike. Oh, that's so good. After that, we started calling it the bike, the killer. <laughs> yeah, the banana seat with the streamer. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
my mom said I need to get four ears of corn. Like, do you guys have a field back here? <laughs> yeah, or are you gonna go outside? Yeah, gonna... dude. Because I was so used to plucking it off the stock, you yeah. know, and yeah. checking it, which one's ready, which one's not. You are know? you the farmer, or is it that guy? <laughs> yeah. And so then the uh, the guy was like, "Okay, yeah, we gotta go over here," and he takes me to this bin, and he's like, "Here you go," and I was just like, "Wait, what?" And that was when like reality hit in. It's funny because I remember going back to my mom and saying like, "Wait, we people can just come here and buy their food? Why have we been working? Yeah, this like hard? why have we been working and farming and sweating and getting blisters and you know in the hot heat and sweating? You know all totally. this stuff." That's funny. And so, at what moment do you think you kind of fell in love with the outdoors? Especially because you had this relationship with kind of like working the land and things like that. Was it... Did you kind of separate it even when you were little? I really didn't. It was it was a part of um, everything you were, you know. I think some of my early childhood memories was like with my grandma going out into the field. And I just remember, she, I mean, my grandma was small, you know, like, uh, probably under five feet to be safe. And uh, she had this little machete knife. And I just remember her picking a watermelon, showing me how to pick a watermelon with it ready. And she just had the knife and cut the watermelon right there. And my mouth was watery like it is right now, you know? Yeah, sure. This little kid, like, oh, watermelon, it's hot. But she just said a prayer of gratitude right then. And there's a long prayer of like, come on, I want some watermelon, you know? And I just remember taking that first bite. I was like, wow, so quenching, you know? Uh, so from those, those types of experiences, um, I, w- I was never indoors or didn't have to learn about the outdoors. I was just always in it. And you had these kind of formative experiences kind of going from working the land. Um, I thought it was so funny that you said that you went on Google Maps and like measured it out. You're like, right, we had 12 acres. That was a lot of work. So you went from there and you started guiding. Yeah, I did. Yeah, the the early part of my photography Roots. I don't want to say career because it really wasn't like that. It was mostly um, seeing photographers come into our tour shop with like camera bags and tripods and multiple lenses and assuming a lot. You know, I thought these people knew everything about photography. And so my role there was just really like, hey, this place is really nice. We're going to be here for like 20 seconds or a minute or 15 seconds. And then after that's done, we're going to go move to this next spot in the slot canyon. It's really bounce around you know and at the end of that i would always ask hey how was that and their physical experience was amazing because it's just phenomenal these slot candies you know from a photography standpoint people are always uh, disappointed you know complaining it's or, difficult to shoot there yeah, yeah really low light you know so your exposures are 30 seconds a minute or two wow. and uh sometimes you know people bump the tripods and then it's blurry so this is back when like the biggest digital camera was like two megapixels, three megapixels, you know? Um, however, it, it became a task then at that point of like, okay, how can I help people create beautiful images of a piece of Navajo land that's so important to me because I didn't want bad photos out there representing land that's so dear to us, you know? So I want to kind of talk a little bit about the bike. How do you think about it as being like a hobby or more as transportation? It's a combination of, I mean, we have an electric truck, uh-huh. a Rivian. Yeah. And so, 
you know, now I've got a plan. Okay, I got to stop here for sure. 20 minutes and 30 minutes here or 15 minutes here and and intentionally, you know, with that time, like stretch or mm. go for a walk or go for a short bike ride and allows a lot more movement, a lot more, uh, allows my body to be better in better shape, you know? And so with the bike, um, it's, it's really going back to my youth and just bringing in that inner child spirit and bring it more alive. And, and I think um, we, we, we all have that little kid in us, yeah. you know, and, and for me, it's horses bring that out so much. Yeah. And, and same with, with a bike, you know? Yeah. Does it kind of, uh, is, is cycling big in the Navajo culture? Like what is, how is that kind of fit in? It's, it's an interesting thing. I mean, growing up, we had, um, multiple like, uh, two patches because, you know, the nearest tire might be an hour away or two hours yeah, away. Yeah. So the worst was always when you put a new tube in and you're out riding and boom, within five minutes, yeah, right. you got thorns in there. Totally. And now you got multiple flats to fix, you know, pinch a tube on the way. In. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, always. And so, but it was always fun. And I, I think that nowadays with, um, you know, with, with more technology and more, more resources that are available, like Amazon or, you know, mm. just, just things to get these products out into rural areas mm. is, has increased um, the bike activity. There's just a beautiful um, 15 mile race inside Monument Valley just a right. couple of days ago. Okay, I no wish way. I was there, yeah, yeah. you know? Have you done any races? Um, I have, yeah, just for fun, yeah, you know, sure. with some buddies. Um, yeah, and it's just, you know, really enjoy, enjoy being there and, and there's, it's just amazing. I'm always amazed that like, but like here at Innsbruck, yeah. what somebody can do on a bike. It's just right. stunning. And so I always think about community. Like for me, my, my community has been at the races, yeah. you know, like that's the people I see, kind of all my friends when I travel. Um, and I feel like it's kind of a word that gets thrown around a lot. How, how do you define community? Um, I, I think I define it by how we've always introduced ourselves, um, which is in Navajo we say which in English would be "Hello, my relatives and my people." There's no line that says "You're over there and I'm over here." Sure, it's you know, like my great grandmother. I had the great fortune where she lived right next door to us. She would uh, always say, "You know, when you when you look at." our mother earth from far away the, the the biggest visual is that we all get to call this place home one time mm. and that's why we are neighbors that's why we are relatives that's why we say my people because that's who in life that's who you should be to me yeah. right and and should be love and harmony and this balance in regards to how we view each other and so um and she also mentioned that you know, uh, in our language, we never had words for, you know, different things like computer or like hospital. Right. In our language, hospitals now, um, in English, that would be the place where the medicine is made, the place where the healing happens. But my great grandmother said, for us, that's always been out here in nature. You mix this plant with this one, um, you'll be able to heal yourself if you have this illness, you know. And so um, from that, she said, we are each other's medicine, you know? So in some way we are the healer for somebody else. Right. Yeah. You know, whether that's through photography, through a bike or, you know, you're, you're 
you know, you're a chiropractor or whatever it may be, you know? And so um, to me, that's community is knowing that we all are on this mother earth that we call home. And so it, I guess it is, it feels appropriate to, in the same way that you use it interchangeably, like you said, it's, there's no separation. Um, is that something that you feel is more core to you is like finding these new communities, discovering the bike community, discovering the photography community um, and things like that? Like, I guess, how has, um, how has the bike also kind of allowed you to reinterpret uh, some of the traditions and, and um, ways of, of navigating the world? Um, I think the bike has helped me navigate, you know, the, the modern world and, and retaining the culture and uh, the stories that we have of, you know, waking up in the morning and, you know, you face the east early in the morning, you wake up before the sun, you yell into the nature and say, I am here. Yeah. Don't be afraid of me. I am a voice for you. I am a protector. I will take care of you. You know, and so through a bike, it's being able to be in nature um, to to absorb more of what can be felt there, you know. And um, and for me, running was a huge part of my childhood, you know, you know, for ceremonies, for, you know, like herding sheep. Uh, and then I uh, I ran high school cross country. Yeah. And so in high school, our school on Wednesdays started like at 930. And so I would ride my bike, my BMX bike, back when Mongoose was awesome. Yeah, sure. You know, right? I had one. I yeah, had one. a Mongoose villain <laughs> with the mag wheels. I only, I only bought that bike, or I begged my mom and dad to buy that bike because one kid named CJ Harris had that same bike. Yeah. I said, man, if I get that bike, I'm going to be as good. I'm right, going to be cool totally. like CJ. Far from it. <laughs> but, you know, I, I got that BMX bike, and I used to ride that 20 miles, 22 miles from our house to school. And that helped me train and, you know, get, get an extra get a little extra in um, yeah. as opposed to training after practice, after high school, yeah. uh, after school, you know? And so, um, so I think really a bike is, again, is going back to the childhood that I have and, um, and just being able to move more and to be healthier, yeah. to make uh, better decisions. And I think I'm, I'm probably the healthiest I've been Yeah. and um, being able to go on this four or 500 mile bike trip, you know, was just, awesome yeah to to realize like wow i made a lot of decent to some good decisions yeah, in there sure. you know to be able to do something like this um and i and i hope that others can also maybe change a little bit of their lifestyle so that uh for me my goal is to live as long as possible to be around my our, our kids as long as possible you know and, yeah. and really make this one time count yeah and so i want to kind of talk a little bit about uh your community work and one of the things i think is really interesting is that you've been able to combine these passions this photography you know biking your community your culture um how do you think what moment i guess did you realize you could do that because i think that a lot of people i think myself included you think of doing good work and it has to be a certain way right like you have to donate to something mm -hmm. you have to help someone in a certain way at what point did you say oh i can use photography to do good yeah i i i knew that um and in, in, in we're we're taught that we all have four real divine gifts mm -hmm. 
and one of them will be stronger than the others. And that one that you find will more than likely be about helping other people. So this is a teaching that I grew up with from a little kid, right? And so when I when I realized I knew a lot about photography, I, I used that the wrong way to chase recognition, sure. awards. Yeah. Um, between a small group of friends, um, basically say, hey, I sold that image for this size paycheck. Right, yeah. Like, back then, that was what mattered. Yeah. And and at some point, I realized, like, that's boring. It, it not, Those don't really lead to what's important to me now, which is the word meaningful, you know? Yeah. And then in 2015, so to answer your question, 2015, well, uh, the Gold King Mind Spill happened, and I had another photo assignment to go off on. So I built a little website and basically if people, you know, bought a print for five bucks, they, they'll get a, you know, I think it's like a, like an eight by 10 or something. If they yeah. bought one for 10 bucks, they get a little bigger. If they bought one for 20 bucks, they get a little bit bigger. Um, and that was it. Five, 10, 20. I said, basically are the San Juan river, which, uh, is a pretty good sized tributary that runs into the Colorado river that had, that was contaminated from the gold okay. King mine spill outside of Durango. Yeah. Basically, our people's water was turned off, you know, and so this little idea is that, you know, living in Salt Lake City, I said, you know, I'll go rent to one of the big box stores and throw a pallet of drinking water onto the back of my truck, go haul it down. I know a few grandmas, I know a few grandpas, some single moms yeah. uh, that could probably use this, right? right? I build a website, take off, come back four or five days later, log into the account, and I'm like, holy cow. <laughs> How much did you guys raise? I don't remember <laughs> the figure... I do remember that we were able to buy seven semi trailers no way. of drinking water. Actually. Of drinking water. And I'm like, holy cow. And I just remember that moment of opening the account, doing the math, making the phone call to a company. As like, hey, look, I've got this crazy idea and I don't know what to do and I'm wow. hoping you can help me. That's crazy. And they said, Hey, we'll give you a, a discount. And I just remember that feeling that I had of like I love this. Yeah. I, I want, this is it. This is how I, I, I need to figure out how to, to do this replicate it, Right. So I delivered the water, had some money left over. And then I reached out to, um, goal zero goal zero is a company based in Salt Lake as well. And I said, Hey, you know, I've been, I've used your products and I've used it in Alaska all over the, you know, my photo assignments, the recharges, my gear. And, uh, but I, there's, um, two moms, single moms that I know, one in Monument Valley, one in uh, Chin Li, mm -hmm. and I want to buy a solar kit yeah. on my next trip down there when I photograph. Okay. In the afternoon, I want to install a solar kit. And since then, I think we've powered over like 500 homes. That is so wild. Yeah. So you do a lot of work with Heart of America? Heart of America, yeah. Um, and that is one of your goals, I think, is it's to power as many homes as you can, why, how did you realize that that was the thing that needed to be done? I, I knew it was a thing that needed to be done because I grew up without, you know, electricity. That's so wild that I, I don't even think of places in the U.S. as having <laughs> no electricity. Yeah. Like, or running water, let alone yeah, clean running wow, water. Wow, right? that's crazy. Yeah. yeah. So I grew up that way and, and 
I, the reason why I rode the bike to school on Wednesdays was so that I could get there around like eight o'clock in the morning. Uh-huh. And I had an hour and a half to do my homework, to play catch up. Right, because it would get dark. Otherwise. Yeah, in the wintertime, yeah. especially. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so, um, and I graduated high school, what, 23, 24 years ago now. Mm-hmm. However, kids are still doing their homework like I was, you know, during that time frame. And it, it, it gave me challenges, you know, and, um, and, I, and I realized that, you know, if, if I didn't have to, you know, do homework with a flashlight in my mouth, it might be easier if I'm <laughs> sitting under light rather than, you know, yeah. um, or like in front of my wood burning stove, you know? And so not only that, I, we grew up like running um, like propane inside our home. Mm. Since we don't have electricity, we don't have ventilation or HVAC, right? To circulate right. that. So we're inhaling that sure. or we yeah. uh, had like kerosene, yeah. like old school pioneer stuff, yeah, you know, that we were using yeah. as fuel for the light, which naturally is not healthy to, to inhale, you know? Sure. And so, um, so this with, Goal zero in our solar panels and the batteries and the lights. I mean, the sun shines quite a lot in the Southwest. And so, you know, now these families um, have, you know, uh, renewable energy. That That's awesome. Do you remember? That is, yeah, it's just so incredible. Like, that I think one of the, the things for me um, that I didn't really realize in the beginning is community work is all about these, like, really small moments almost. Like, it is amazing to say we've put in X amount of, of you know, solar kits, but then it's a totally another thing to say, I met with a family and it totally changed their life. Do you have any of those moments? Oh, hundreds. Yeah. It, it's really, um, at any time I think about the families, like just like flashes of families or kids and, you know, uh, a grandma, you know, like all those come, come to mind. And, yeah. and I think, I think the approach, whether you help one person or a thousand people, the the amount that you care is the same how important to you is the same um your mission is the same right every single individual or every single opportunity matters um and the advantage of being able to scale that is you're able to just reach more people and and have more of those you know and so um it's it's um I don't know. It's, it's really, it hits a soft spot for me, you know, yeah. because uh, my mom was a single mom and, you know, she had multiple jobs to make ends meet. And, um, you know, when you don't have power, then like now, one fun thing that I love to do is, is you know, like I know a lot of families that are artists and I, I'm a photographer and I'm an artist. And I'm like, look, I've got an online store and you can too. Right. Here's how, sure. Whether if it's your jewelry or yeah, your, yeah. you know, necklace or maybe your moccasins, like you could build this online store and like, here's kind of the whole empowering process. that next generation. Exactly. And it's just the funnest thing to get messages back of, I sold my very yes, first pair totally. of earrings uh-huh. for $12. Uh-huh. This person bought it from New Jersey, you know? Right. And like, um, I go back home and, and I, I love art. Our, my office is full of art. Um, and I would, uh, you know, like, Hey, what's your Instagram? And I tag them. And it's just the funnest thing when they reach back out, Hey, do you know this person? They follow you and they bought this painting of mine right. and now I'm shipping it to them. And it's just like so cool yeah. to, to see um, modern technology and, you know, our, our roots kind of mm-hmm. mingle uh, to, to sustain a livelihood. Yeah. Milo, this is, it's so cool to hear you it, talk about all of these things, especially for me, like 
kind of having these things that I've been passionate about, the bike, the community, um, yeah, it's super special. So our traditional closing question is who inspires you? Um, I'd say my wife and my kids. My wife is, um, wow, getting choked up thinking about her. Um, she sacrifices a lot. She's a phenomenal mother. Um, I, I remember when we first were dating, I said, honey, I, I won't ask much of you except for one thing. Just believe in me. And if you do that one thing, I know we'll have the things that we will want and we'll also live a, a meaningful life. All I ask is that you just believe in me and she's never, you know, turned that light off. Our son, Denali, um, is so sweet and kind, very thoughtful, always thinking of others. Dad, we should slow down and help that person with their tire or, you know, he, he's um, just, just awesome in that way. You know, he's very sweet. And then Aurora, we call her bubblegum in our family. <laughs> Wait, uh, where did that come from? Um, I came home from a Father's Day trip and, um, and uh, my wife at the time said, hey, uh, here's, here's a quarter or I think it was a quarter or a dime or nickel, but put it in. And if a pink bubblegum comes out, we're having a girl. If a blue bubblegum ball comes out, we're having a boy. And I just remember like frozen. I'm like, wait, I know we've been pregnant for a while, but you know what we're having? She's like, oh, yeah, I've known for a while. I was like, oh, my heck. Put it in and bubblegums go everywhere. So then this was from a trip. And so I was like, all right. So she's like, well, let me refix this. I was like, all right, go. I'm going to go take a shower. I'll be right back down. You know, took a shower, came back. And then a pink bubblegum ball came out. Wow. And so I was just so excited yeah. about that, you know, and to be to be a dad to to a, uh, um, a young girl, a young woman, um, you know, it was just such a beautiful thing for me. And she is so um, uh, sweet in her own way as well. She'll uh, like on this big bike ride, uh, she made me a little note or like she painted me. Uh, or she drew like um, a little scene of her and I on a bike, you know, of like yeah. a daddy daughter date, which we which we love to do. Yeah. Um, and anytime we do like a father and son trip or a daddy daughter date, we'll always camp out in our tents, you know, or or go somewhere that's really secluded and far from there. And before we go to bed, I'll always ask them, you know, how can I be a better dad? And the kids will answer that question. What do, you they, know? What do they say? Um, it's like, you know, spend more time with me. Yeah. Um, you know, um, I, I want to learn more words or, yeah. uh -huh. you know, just like it's really sometimes random. Um, sometimes it's consistent. Regardless of what it is, it's something that's important to them. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and I forget how that when I was a kid, what was important to me? You know, like, yeah. oh, let, let's go to the store and get some ice cream. Right. Just that bonding time there, you yeah. know, I was like, all righty, we'll do that. For, and let, let's check up with each other over the next little bit and see how we're doing on that, you know. And like with our son, he um, he plays club soccer now and we're reviewing uh, his first scrimmage. And at the end of it, he said, oh, I, I should do this more. I should do this. And I said, this is also the same reason why we do these one on one times is so that we can kind of look back at how I've been as a dad um and see what i could do better and the lights turned on for him as far as like why that's important to me right. so yeah those three inspire me 
they inspire me a lot. Milo, this has been so cool. I feel like I've learned so much. It's really been awesome to get to know you a little bit better. <laughs> uh, man, let's go enjoy some crankworms. Yeah, really appreciate, appreciate that. Appreciate it. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. I appreciate it. You've been listening to You Inspire Us, a podcast brought to you by Tule. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast so that you never miss an episode. Learn more about Tule's ambassadors and get behind the scenes content by following us on Instagram at Tule or on Facebook at facebook.com slash Tule. You can also watch this podcast as a video on the Tule YouTube channel. This episode was hosted by me and produced by Sagarimar. Lena Nilsson assisted on booking guests. Cover art was created by Martin Bergstrom and intro and outro music were written by Klubin. A special thanks to our executive producer, Tina Lasilius. Thanks for listening.